back quarterback number 19. Bernie, Bernie, oh yeah, how oh, you can throw. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bernie, Bernie, oh baby, Super Bowl. Hey, it's six B's and a P coming to you live from Costco's birthday party. Costco's birthday party. Beach house. <laughs> woo woo. Spring break. Hey, all right. Spring break. Spring break. <laughs> Spring break it in. Here on beautiful Lake Erie. Windy. A little bit windy today. A little bit. It's beautiful. Having some, having some it's like drinks. A typhoon on your icy face. Eating pork chops. Thanks, <laughs> Randy. Randy. Randy's Randy. here. Pork chops! Randy. 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 You're listening to Six Beats of episode 8, season 3, AquabareLegion.com. Joining me today in a house that is not ours. Not ours. Ian Wolf. Hello. Haley Hansen. Hello. Chris Pollard. Moondor. Dave Obenauer. I'm so happy to be here. Michelle Da. Hi. Brian Weeby. Party salad. Sherry <laughs> Oliver. Pizza party. And Randy Demidovich. Randy. 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 We're here on AquabareLeach.com, your one source for forest, all guests via the Pierogi Mountain Hot Take Fresh Take line. <laughs> We're all going to go watch the Browns tomorrow. Browns. Yes! Can you believe it? Can you believe it, guys? Uh, we will be I'm in out. the 6B1P Aquabare Suites <laughs> up in section point. 537. Oh, <laughs> Come say hi to us. Come say hi yeah, to please. us if you hear this. In the past, oh, time, tra- time traveling back to us. There's been talk. Live tweeted. All right, so before we sign off, and we'll be live from the game throughout the rest of this episode, and probably some sort of closing thing, I imagine, as well. Do you want to do Pie Corner? Do you feel like you want to do Pie Corner? <laughs> Woo! Yes, let's do Pie Corner. All right, we're going to do... Who want, anybody want to sing the Pie Corner song? Can we all sing it? You know, so here's... Here we go. Ready? Here we can. Pie Wait, hold on, hold on. Ryan's counting off. And a two, and a three, and, and a four. Pie, and pie Corner. Come get you a slice. Pie Corner. It's hot and it's nice. Dateline 2014? 2015. 2015. No, it's 2014. Time travel. Time travel. Don't worry about it. Go ahead. Look it. Don't sass me. Ian's really protective of pie corner. I am protective of pie corner. I'm it's serving a Costco because he's the time Well, you try to well, I, I, we, in, in the pie corner world, we call that savory. A mm. little bit savory. Mm. Go ahead. Savory, Go ahead. All right. Uh, uh, Dateline 2015. Vermilion, Ohio. We're out here eating pie. Are right? we? <laughs> yes. Okay. It's been a pie night. Audio, man. Just. Okay, a pie, pie. Everybody, everybody eat your fucking pie at once. Let me hear it. This is ridiculous. This is all you had for pie corner? Pie corner over. All right, send it over to Leroy Kelly. Hi, I'm Leroy Kelly, formerly of the Cleveland Browns, and I'm listening to Six Peas in a Pie. (laughs) Something like that. About a thing. Terrible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we head out for this particular segment, I want to go around the room and I want everyone to say what they're most excited about for the game tomorrow. It can be specific or general, whatever you want. Brian Weeby. Oh. Tashawn Gibson and Joe Hayden pick six. Pick six is big 12. Hey, can I ask a question? Yes. What's pick six? It's You're when not you get an interception and run it back for a touchdown. It's like the pick three in the Ohio lottery times two. There it is. Dave Obenauer. I'm looking forward to the running game coming together. (laughs) Brian Hoyer fucking taking it. Yes. Chris Mullen. I am looking forward to my first game at... I'm going to call it Cleveland Brown Stadium. Yes. yes. Uh, boy. Yeah. I can't wait to finally meet Bernie Kosar. Bernie. <laughs> Bernie. 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 B
Burns. Hey, Oliver. It's going to be cold. All right. Haley it's not going to be that cold. Double blank. I'm going to try to not fall asleep like I did at the last one. All right. <laughs> Expectations. <laughs> Ian Wolf. I hope to be a lot more sober. Ah, you won't. Randy. <laughs> I hope to be a lot less sober. All right. Brian. So um, I out. hope to watch the Browns win with all my friends. Poor Syrian, Randy. Oh, man. We weren't recording. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh! Just kidding. We were. We recorded. 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 Should I stop it? All right, six B's and a P here from a parking lot. Go Browns. Go Browns. Go Browns. Browns. Drinking next to our cars like any blue-blooded American should. It's cold, but not that cold. Cold, but not that cold. And uh, we're in the beautiful bosom of downtown Cleveland. (laughs) Nestled right in them titties. And I'm glad we had extra beer from last night. O'Neill Cousins starting. Yeah, O'Neill Cousins has been on our tweets of the week in the past. Hunky Brown is out for the day with head wounds. I do not eat the cocoa butter anymore. Quinoa Williams is out with a pooled ancient grain. <laughs> now that's worse than me saying, Chris, whatever. No, it's not. No? Okay. All right, go Browns. Go Browns. <laughs> Plaza Vilka. All right, we're back here, 6B1P. Back in the same spot as game. Browns win! Browns win! Browns win! Ugly ass game. An ugly ass game and an ugly ass five and three, but we will take it. Yeah. Go Browns! All right, again! Welcome to the eighth episode of Six B's and a P. You just heard from us back in time. That's right. Time travel has come up yet again on our show. <laughs> you just brought it up. <laughs> Chris Poland. <laughs> Brian Weeby. Hey. Ian Wolf. Progy hot fuck, apparently. <laughs> I'm your host, Brian Costco. I'm with 60Bs and a P on AquabearLegion.com. Your one source for force. You just heard uh, another intro to this episode that was actually recorded while we were all partying at a beach house, because that's how we roll here on 6Bs and a P. We did that on Saturday night on beautiful, beautiful, warm, scenic Lake Erie. And then we went and watched the Browns. Blast milk! We went and watched the Browns on Sunday, and they won. So you actually heard some a clip from us uh, intro to the show. Uh, we are all sober. Well, relatively. But the Browns won. Yeah. Yeah, twenty-two exactly. to seventeen over the Buccaneers to go five and three so far in twenty fourteen, which is super weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the, the most wins they've had in a season in uh, history. <laughs> in the entire history of the team. Definitely in the history of this podcast. Hey, we're on pace to get better by one game every season until we're undefeated. All right, I like it. Playing the long game. <laughs> um, the Browns definitely are playing the long game here. I wanted to ask you guys, I know a few, Chris at least, and... Uh, Ian, I think, for at least the new Browns stadium, it was your first time going to see the Browns there, right? That it was. I had been to a preseason game in 99, but I don't know if that counts. I don't know. I don't know if the regular season games in 1999 would count as professional football league <laughs> matches. It's a, it's a lovely stadium. Good, we had good views, even though we were up in the nosebleeds. They... Did a lot of upgrades this year, uh, and one of the ones that I talked about with a friend of mine last night was the scoreboard, the giant scoreboard that they put in, and he brought up that it's shaped like the state of Tennessee. <laughs> yeah, awesome. It is. It is weird. I want I want to know the stats on those scoreboards. Is that like 30, 40p by 80? <laughs> uh, stats, get on that one. I don't know if you do electro stats, but... Or whatever. You probably need a few different numbers since it's like it's a pentagon, isn't it? We're gonna have to cube it. I'm yeah, pretty... I think so. What was your favorite thing about being at the game, Chris? Oh, there were so many things. Um, probably my favorite thing was just being there with all of you guys. Oh, um, it was. It was awesome. Um, but my least favorite thing on that same tip 
was that I didn't get to interact with all of you for uh, the most part of the game. Yeah, I did see you high five in lots of strangers, though, which was one of my favorite parts. Of the game. Well, that was my choice on my part. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah, Chris, I think that's a pretty interesting point. You know, it was like nine of us in a row. So <laughs> it was kind of tough to talk. I think we, a couple of us switched spots a few times, but I only sat next to a few different people. And I looked, you know, I was trying to, for a while, find us like five and four because I thought that would be pretty fun. But it's really tough. And the team accommodates groups, but they have to be like a 15 or 20 or more. I can't remember. So maybe we just need a bigger, like, six more people to go, and we can just get a couple rows, you know. The call goes out to the 6B1P nation. Yeah, right. What what could go wrong? Us and some weird strangers that happen to be the three <laughs> people that listen to this podcast. Right? It's got to be great. I'm sure our audience is definitely mentally stable. And people like a reality like show. <laughs> right. We can put that on Aquabeer, too. So, what about you, Ian? What was your favorite part? Uh, I mean, obviously, the Browns winning was a pretty big part of the experience. But it was just cool, like, being around that many people that were into it and not being, like, dicks about it. You know? Like, right. Everybody just having a good time and go Browns, you know? What about you, Weebs? Um, I'd say <clears throat> for moments, uh, I have two. One was uh, Joe Hayden tipping the ball to Hitner. That was that incredible. That was just an amazing play. And, to, you know, it went, it really ran the gamut of like, oh, that could be a touchdown for the Buccaneers to, no, that's the greatest thing that could have happened there. <laughs> right. And same thing with Gibson's interception, too. D- defensive turnovers are really exciting when you're in there. Yeah, definitely. But then my other part I really, really enjoyed was I felt like the game wasn't completely wrapped up. Like there was a maybe a little over a minute and a half left, and we didn't have quite enough downs to run out the clock. But then the stadium put on jump around. Everybody yeah. started dancing. I thought that was incredible, because there's like, yeah, whatever, we probably are going to win, right? But then you got to love as a Browns fan that part of you is still like, wait a minute. You're like, like I was trying to do math. Like, they still have a timeout. <laughs> We're going to have to punt it to them. Right. My there was still room for error, for sure. Yeah. The best thing about jump around for me was watching uh, some of the Buccaneers players on the field dancing also. <laughs> <laughs> jump around awesome. Try not to dance while that's playing at the stadium. Good luck. House of Pain, we'd love to have you on the show. You can get turnt to it. <laughs> turnt. 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 Cleveland Brown scoreboards 192 feet by 40 feet. There you have it. Same... <laughs> Exact dimensions of the state of Tennessee. Do you think that's the at its longest end? Right, because I mean, you wouldn't measure because uh, it's not it's not a rectangle, right? No, it's not. It's like a rhombus or a. Um, it's just it a, a polygon. Yeah. Regular shape. It is a irregular uh, pentagon. Very <laughs> <laughs> irregular. So that that being said, you know, it was, it was pretty fun. Sherry, what was your favorite part about being at the game? Um, I liked that they won. I liked that it was not nearly as cold as we all thought it would be, especially after we all walked uh, ten stories up to our seats. Right. I was actually able to take my jacket off, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And all of those blankets made for good seat padding. Agreed. I thought those seats were awesome. They were, and that the last game that we went to was actually in the scoreboard. Uh, we were sitting yeah, in the area right. where the scoreboard is now, and we were sitting on frozen, snow-covered metal benches. Mm-hmm. So the seats were great. Yeah. And I feel like they added entire levels there, right? Yeah, yeah there's way more seats over there now. They did they, they, And they put seats in that second section where it was benches last year. I think the dog pound is still benches on the first you know, section. Mm-hmm. Um, but the rest of it is seats now. They put in more rows and it's and then the giant Tennessee board. It looks like there's a little more protection from the lake there as well. Which is always a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I noticed that As we all found out Saturday night as the ice pellets and cold, <laughs> like, apocalyptic childhood scary story wind came at us. So what was your... I mean, if you don't have one, that's fine, too, because it's, you know, usually a blast, especially when they win. But what was your least favorite part of the game, Chris? 
Or like being there, you know, what was the... I already gave mine. Do I have to give another? Least favorite? I didn't get to talk to anyone. Oh, didn't talk to anyone, that's right. What I, about you? Well, not anyone. I got to talk yeah. to Randy and Weeby and Michelle. You could mm-hmm. only talk to the people who were, like, immediately around. Me and Chris, though, did exchange many knowing glances of, this is pretty fucking awesome. Yes. In time. That did happen. Yeah. What was yours, Weeby? Least favorite part? Um... I don't know. I probably just like there was a couple of Buccaneers fans nearby, and just seeing them made me angry. <laughs> there, was, there was one loud one behind us as well. Oh I, yeah, uh, I didn't hear that. You had totally different experience. And there was I heard that guy early on, but then didn't hear him much afterwards. And then there was that lady dancing in front of us, and I was like, <laughs> God, I want to punch you in the head. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, I think it's the same thing I've. Flew a few times recently, and I've realized that part of my like dislike of flying is mostly just like having to be around humanity that much. And just like anything else, Browns fans, especially after three hours of tailgating and three quarters of beer, can be pretty. They think they can dance. Yeah, um, people are the worst. Thanks for listening. They are the worst. Sherry, least favorite thing. Um. I paid $9.75 for a cheeseburger that was serviceable, but it did not come with fries. It was Ooh. just a burger. And then while I was eating my burger and waiting for you, there were two really drunk old guys making fun of people who pay $9.75 for cheeseburgers. Yeah. <laughs> Look those dudes. We yeah, have to do that. Well, I mean, yeah, we're yeah. all, yeah, all around. Uh, Ian. Again, people are terrible. <laughs> Ian, uh, least favorite I mean, it's a minor quibble, but I think it's weird that the stadium only had four gates. <laughs> you did bring that up. Yeah. I believe you said baseball stadiums have way more gates. Yeah, they have a gate like every two feet. But yeah, I agreed. Valid. I mean, I think like we've never we've gone to a handful of Browns games, and we've never gone to one where there were that many people. Yeah, I would say that. And we've never like I've never had to just like wait in like the world's most disorganized like. <laughs> Massy line, you know. There was that guy though when we were waiting to get in who said, "I can drink as much as I want and then drive home." And I don't know if I would have heard that if we hadn't all been squished together. <laughs> I, I got to follow an adorable baby in this game. Yeah, Ian Wolf just blasted <laughs> off from the group. You were like, as soon as you came that close, you were like, "I'm getting in." That baby was staring you down for ten minutes, probably. Good. So I mean, all around, I would say, actually, all around, great experience at the stadium. Obviously, when they win, me and Brian Weeby, I remember a couple years ago, went to a game that they lost against the Redskins, I believe, and mm-hmm. it was cold, and then we drove back, and it was, like, super sad, like, fuck, now we got to go home. Uh, so it's a lot yeah. more fun when they win. I saw somebody wearing a Steelers jacket in the ramp on the way down. That was my least favorite part. It's like, Push it down. are you doing that? You know? Yeah. The dick. So let's talk about the game really quick, and we got some other stuff to get into. Um, no run game for this team still. Three weeks in a row. Ben Tate, 10 rushes, 3 yards, I believe. Mm-hmm. 0.3 yards a uh, carry. Yep, that's not very good. No. Only 50 rushing yards total. We didn't see Crowell again. Petten came out today and said not a... Not he's not in the doghouse. He's just not not playing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way the running game's been going, why not throw him out there for like ten carries? Yeah, I mean, he had a few touchdowns early in the year, and he looked at like you know a nice change of pace, quicker back. Uh, along the same lines with the offense, they come through again. I'd say for the most part in this game, uh, in the passing game, and and Hoyer driving the team down the field, he's making some pretty big plays. He's not an He's a perfect Browns quarterback in a certain way. Like he's not flashy at all. He's gonna do stuff that's pretty stupid every once in a while, but then he's just gonna be awesome, <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, I think he did a good job. He's uh, yeah. I did want to say something quick about Terrence West. I thought he played all right. You know, like I think the line's still working stuff out. He had a, uh, to go throwback, kind of a Richardsonian performance. We're going to talk about Trent Richardson briefly later. You know, three yards of carry, caught a touchdown pass. Right. But he also had, you know what, though, that touchdown pass Hoyer threw, West had a great block on that. 
I didn't see that until I saw highlights of the game. Yeah. But he's the one that caused that big pileup that let uh, Hoyer have all the time in the world. Yeah. Like, that play doesn't happen without that block. More importantly than that, uh, speaking of West, that dance. That oh, yeah. <laughs> Great dance on the touchdown. It's wonderful dance. Yeah. Can we talk about how much Nick McDonald fucking sucks? That guy does suck a little bit. Not just a little bit, a lot of it. Yeah, he got straight up trucked on that one play. Uh, right at the beginning of the game. Yeah. It was like, oh boy. You wouldn't think that just losing one out of five guys on an offensive line that was performing so well early in the season would make this big of a difference. But Jesus Christ. Alex Mack, we miss you. Yeah. Awesome, love to have you on the show. Yeah. Smiley guy. They, we lost our, our center. Literally, figuratively, metaphorically. <laughs> I mean, the Browns could definitely have at least one one of those losses a win with Alex Mack, I'd say. I yeah. agree with that. Yeah. It scares me against Cincinnati, but we'll talk about that later. So one of the things that I want to talk about, and it's going to come up a little bit later in the show too, is Brian Hoyer. I don't think we've actually spent enough time talking about Brian Hoyer on this show. We've done it a little bit. We've probably spent more time or equal time talking about Jonathan Q. Football as Brian Hoyer committing the same crime that we get so upset about here. But Brian Hoyer is making some big plays, and I believe here we have he's now eating three as a starter for the Cleveland Browns. And it's not always pretty. He had two interceptions. One of them was not his fault, bounced off Miles Austin's face or something into someone's hands. But it's not always pretty. It's not always accurate. When he misses, he misses big. But he had a pretty good game on Sunday. We uh, Stats, do you have that? See if you can bring up what Hoyer did Sunday. 21 of 34, 300 yards, a uh, couple touchdowns. A couple, couple interceptions. And his stats for the year, check that too, because I don't think they're that shabby. Uh, he has thrown for 2,000 yards, putting him on pace for 4,000. 10 touchdowns, 4 interceptions. The big thing that stands out for me on the season, completion percentage of only 58%. Yeah, that's not very good. He was better than that Sunday, though, right? Uh. Barely, 61.8% completion. So I want to go around the room, and we're going to talk about this later, and I mean this conversation in a different way, okay? When we were listening to the post-game show and a lot of the people calling in and tweeting in, I mean, obviously, they're mostly drunk and, like, in alleys, like, you know, coming from the game or at the casino or whatever, but they were all pretty upset with Brian Hoyer for the most part, it seemed, or at least clamoring a bit more for Johnny Football again. Uh, in a really weird way, and I didn't get that. Me and Sherry talked about it on the way home, and we're going to play that later. There's like a couple minutes from that that I thought were pretty good. But it strikes me as pretty weird, you know, that the Browns sit 5-3. and three. And obviously, yeah, they lost to some teams they should have beat. There were some close games, and there's a few things that Hoyer could have done better. But, I mean, they're 5-3, and three, and why are you upset with your quarterback after winning a game? And along those same lines, I, so I wanted to ask you guys, I know we're all you know, definitely on Team Brian Hoyer here at Six Ps and a P, and I say you know, anybody that's winning is worthwhile, but how do you feel about, like, do you feel confident in Brian Hoyer going forward like with this team actually trying to you know, win some games? I do. I mean, I, I, I think he's a good fit for the team. You know, they're a scrappy bunch. And he's a scrappy guy. Um, and, you know, I think, like, I do think there's been a drop-off in his play, but I think part of that can maybe, again, be attributed to Alex Mack. Right. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like, I wanted the Browns to just trash the Buccaneers, like, 30 to nothing. That would have been great. And that's what it the fucking Buccaneers, for crying out loud. Yeah. But he found a way to win, and I mean that's—I mean that's what I like about him—is he's finding ways to win. Chris. Yeah. Um, I don't know how confident I am in him, but um, I don't feel as if my hope has been killed. So you know, in that way, I'm—I'm I'm behind him in a way I could never be behind baseball. Um, and a pretty—it's pretty incredible to think about. I. Uh, how I forgot so much about the hope being killed and the hope killer episodes of seasons past here on yeah. season to be, but you're right. We're still excited right now. Yeah, but and and you know I think Weeby pointed out the most important thing is 
you know, doesn't matter what the score is, except that you win. And he wins games, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yep. Ah, uh, I mean, at least till the end of this year, he's my guy. Um, he does have a good head on his shoulders, I think. He doesn't make stupid mistakes. But I think there's a... I'm starting to question his actual physical ability. Because he's got a bit of a weak arm. He's not super accurate. And he does miss pretty badly sometimes. Apparently, his favorite spot to throw the ball on a slant is behind the receiver. Which is <laughs> scary when you're watching the game in person, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many of those, I was like, oh my god. I thought, from where I was sitting, he threw like was going to throw eight interceptions on Sunday. But I mean, at the same time, he does he does find ways to win. I think it is important for a team that's I mean, let's face it, kind of a conservative offense to have somebody who's not going to make the stupid mistake. I think that's important. So but right Johnny now, Manziel's definitely not that guy. <laughs> no, no, no. Johnny Manziel's going to be the option C. You know, throwing it out of the stadium, slam dunking the whatever you call it, post. Jumping off of strippers or something. Sherry, Ryan Hoyer. I guess when we were listening to the post-game show stuff, like, people were calling in, and they were, like, still, like, they were still mad. Like, and I just thought that was weird, and that's kind of what we talk about in the thing I recorded in the car, but, like, it's strange that, like, they're winning, but everyone's still pissed because they think they could be winning, like, more within the game. And I think that's really strange, like... You got the win. Yeah, and I, I don't know, it just, it just seems weird. Like, I don't know. And well, we're actually going to play that conversation in a minute and take a break and come back and do a little bit more on the game, just I think we're talking about it now. But it's this idea, it's weird that fans, I mean, Cleveland fans are pretty reactionary, so listening to the post-game show at 5 o'clock, literally after the game, is you've got to put that in the context of it. But that people seem more interested in this unknown quantity of Manziel than the semi-known like known quantity at this point of Brian Hoyer, like, scrappy game winner, you know? Like, he's not accurate, but he's going to... I mean, in some ways, you know, we all read that article about Hoyer, and that sort of, I think, paints a pretty accurate picture, you know? He's kind of like... I mean, you know, people still like Kobe Bryant, you know? And he's like, could never be an underdog in his life. And is a prick, you know, like... It is weird who the public gets behind. Yeah, I mean, like... And I and I don't even think Johnny Manziel's, like, that big of an asshole. Like, at least in press conferences, he says the kind of right things, I think. Mm -hmm. But, uh, I don't know, it's just kind of that, yeah, that sort of... That certain something that some people have and others don't, or, you know, you're just drawn to different personality types. And it's no... Is it any shocker that, like, the drunk, angry people like Johnny Manziel? Right. That's also pretty in line. So and I'll also say one thing's looking better about Hoyer, and Ian and I talked about this at the game. He overthrew the deep ball. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. kind of fun every once in a while. <laughs> like, normally when he's throwing those deep bombs, like, the wide receiver's got to wait a second for him to get there. Right. And the, this week he just... Flat out overthrew him. It was great. <laughs> Gotta get it somewhere in the middle. Yep. I just wonder, like, if, like, Colt McCoy had never gotten to play, you know, and I don't know anything about, like, Colt McCoy's college record versus, like, Johnny Football's league. Kind of seemed like the same person, but, like, if he'd never gotten to play and, like, we got to this point in the season, if people would be, like, freaking out in the same way or, like, uh, the, the Brady Quinn yeah. or whoever, like, any, you know... Any of the... Yeah, that's a hunky brown. Any, yeah, yeah, he was a hunky brown. But, you know, I just, I don't understand, like, I just wonder if it's because he, you know, hasn't really gotten to play in the same way that, like, all of those other guys who were terrible did. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think that's a really good point. But I, and I think if, I mean, uh, maybe we'll add this. I do think at some point Johnny Manziel is going to be the quarterback. You know, it's hard for me to imagine that not being the case. At some yeah. point, probably... My hope is that it's at least next season, you know? Um, My reservations about Hoyer are in no way uh, an implicit endorsement of Manziel. I just think the guy's a cock. I think that's fair, totally. <laughs> I mean, I just... Hoyer or Manziel? Uh, Manziel. I, like, I think Hoyer would be fun to hang out with. Yeah, he seems like a nice guy. 
I think Manziel would be fun to hang out with, too. You just might, like, you know... Pay yourself the next day. I know. When you get pulled over, you'll be the one stashing the blow up your ass. <laughs> all right, so let's play... I want to play this conversation quick me and Sherry had about Brian Hoyer and kind of all of this stuff. And then we'll come back, finish up talking about the game, and playoffs! No, really, we're going to talk about that for a minute. 6Bs and P, AquaBrillies.com. Woo! Go Browns! Twelve quarterbacks in the NFL. I mean, you might even go lower than that. You might not even say 15. He's just not yet. Right. You know, he maybe has the potential. If he leaves the Browns in the playoffs, it's not going to matter what his stats are. He's going to be a god right. in Cleveland. But he's not, like, he's not a great, he's not an amazing quarterback. Like, he's inaccurate. He's going to throw some stupid passes that don't go anywhere near where they're supposed to go. He's more accurate than other recent Browns quarterbacks. Exactly. In context, that's very important, too. I mean, I don't remember any Browns quarterback being able to lead a game-winning drive or something like that, even. But even you're talking about now this quarterback who's not a superstar in his own right by any means. He doesn't have his starting Pro Bowl center who's out for the season. He's been out the last three games. Alex Mack not coming back. Alex Mack's arguably one of the probably top five centers in the league. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that snaps the ball to the quarterback. That's the guy that's in front of the quarterback. That's the guy that set up the run game, everything. And the Browns offense is completely based on running the ball. Right. It's not based on Brian Hoyer. It's based on running the ball. And if you can get him to think you're going to run the ball or at least have to guard against it, that's when you start faking the run, throwing those passes to guys that are open. That's mm-hmm. the whole deal. Um, so not only does he have not have his Pro Bowl center, he doesn't have the best wide receiver in football right now. Right. Last year. Which I think is, I mean, I understand Josh Gordon did this to himself, but if you're going to look at it from a, like an analysis perspective, like just based on X's and O's, like, I don't think uh, the Cowboys would be that great if they didn't, if Des Bryant was out for the year. Yeah. I don't think that the, you know what I mean, just whatever, down the line of the Packers, would, even Aaron Rodgers, that the Packers would be that great if Jordy Nelson was out for the year. You know, like, that affects you. When you have, like, not only the best player on your team, but one of the best players in the position in the league not on your team. Um, that's crazy. And then you're talking about two games now without Jordan Cameron, who, you know, struggled a little bit this year, but is a top five tight end probably too. I mean, that's like three huge parts of your offense. And he's still been able to win. Like with guys like Taylor Gabriel, who caught that touchdown today. That guy's an undrafted, Who's that guy? <laughs> he is an undrafted rookie from Abilene Christian. He's been playing for the Browns all year, and he's been doing great. He's not amazing. Right. But he's been doing great. Or Terrence West, a third-round pick who even earlier in the year got benched for a game. Was he the weapons charge guy? Yeah, the one that played for Georgia. And then, yeah. yeah. No, that might have been Crowell. I think Crowell played for Georgia. Right. I think Terrence West played for Towson the whole time. Yeah, yeah. He's, like, from Baltimore. But I mean, like, that to me says something. Both of those things separately, even, that he's been able to, like, win games or at least stay in games with the exception of that Jacksonville game with the crew that he has who are not big name guys I mean arguably the only people on that offense especially if Cameron's out that are like anybody that any other person in the United States outside of Ohio would know is Ben Tate Mm -hmm. who you know before this year was the backup running back for the Texans right you know um and Miles Austin, who's a veteran, kind of half-washed-up wide receiver. So then you're kind of looking at, like, even with kind of like a stitched-together, like, skeleton crew, like, they're still winning games. So it's almost like you don't know what kind of quarterback Hoyer could be because he doesn't have His the weapons. actual team yeah. around him that he's supposed to have. He doesn't. And I think that like, I would... So he could be an awesome quarterback. Right. I mean, Josh Gordon is a game changer. He's someone that I think defenses would have to pay a lot of attention I to. I hope he's good when he comes back. Me too. And, you know, like I kept saying, and I think it's a very valid thing, if when Josh Gordon comes back, the Browns are 7-4 and four 
or seven and three or six and four even or something. Yeah. Like now you're talking about somebody coming in who's not tired, hasn't played ten games already. He's just been working out, conditioning, reading the playbook, practicing, and is able to come in. Do you he's still smoking weed? You know, I mean, <laughs> oh, uh, Dave told me, and I didn't check it or anything. You know, he just told me last night that he got pulled over, and one of the guys in the car had seven ounces of weed. Oh, come on! But apparently, he pled guilty to like the whatever the speeding ticket or whatever, and is like, you know, obviously he didn't know anything else. Fucking Josh Gordon, dude. <laughs> I just don't understand why they can't just hire someone to drive him around and make sure that. He is not driving cars with people that have weed on them. Right? But I think, you know, like, that's a really underestimated thing. I mean, it's like you're getting... It's essentially like they're getting their best player for the last six games. And I don't really think anybody... You know, I think... I was excited. We were, Lots of Browns fans are excited when Gordon's suspension got shortened. Right. But I think ultimately, like, all I kept thinking was, okay, that's perfect timing. They're going to be really terrible by then. And I'm going to still want to watch the game. So at least we get to see Josh Gordon. Maybe, you know, like, just like last year, essentially. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, they're not in any sort of race to win anything. Right. But there was that streak of games where Gordon was getting, like, 230 yards a game. He did it, like, three games in a row. And it was awesome. It was unprecedented. And exciting to have someone who's a Cleveland Brown that was getting national attention. Yeah, yeah. And, but, I just, I feel like now, whereas earlier in the year I thought that, well, he'd come back and it'd just be something fun to watch. Like, now you're talking about, like, he's coming back and it could be... Like a, a really big advantage. Yeah. This team's totally different. I think some of that stuff. I mean, I'm I, you know I, I'm not just being a hopeful Browns fan. I think that that's like a this is a different team. They're losing some of that shitty culture that was around this team. And I think right. Petten and and the people that are running the team are doing the right things. And I think even Gordon coming back into that locker room in that situation is can only be good. Yeah. Hi, this is Ernest Viner, former Browns player. You're listening to Six B's and a P on AquaBearLegion.com. Okay, so a little more quarterback analysis there from the Six B One P Army. Uh, me and Sherry driving home from the game, talking about Brian Hoyer, Johnny Manziel. Looking for a Chipotle. Looking for a Chipotle, yeah. Uh, Fine, Yeah. Yeah. In Mansfield. A Mansfield. Well, not unexpected, but still shitty news. Uh, John Kasich will be our governor again. Uh, Already? Didn't the polls close like 10 minutes ago? Yeah, there was no hope. No. Well, that guy was an idiot. John Kasich, we definitely don't want you to come on this show ever, you fucking dickhead. Isn't he a Steelers fan? Probably. No, really. Is he really? How's our fucking governor a Steelers fan? Really? I'm like almost positive. How does... That Fitzgerald guy, not just pound that into the goddamn. <laughs> look, look it up. I'm looking it up yeah. too. Democrats don't have a good run game. <laughs> so mad. So defense was pretty big a couple times in this game. They also allowed the Buccaneers to score 17 points, which is kind of weird. But you mentioned the Hayden ball blaster or whatever happened. <laughs> Paul Kruger, some big stats. Big sacks. Big sacks. John Kasich is a Steelers fan. I'm seeing this in front of me. Wow. What a dick. There's an article from uh, the Cleveland Leader talking about how Kasich was pandering to Browns fans ahead of the election. Yeah. Recall. 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 I mean, just being a Steelers fan in and of itself makes you a cocksucker automatically. Right. Right. Can't be trusted. Nope. Look at that face. I gotta stick up for Noah. Noah likes the Steelers. I guess I'm outing him too, but you guys knew that. He could, he's from Pittsburgh. Yeah. There are exceptions, I guess, but. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Condiff looked good too. A lot of field goals. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, I back to the defense though. I mean, I thought I didn't really have much of a problem with their performance. You know, I thought it was Buster Screen maybe. Yeah, Buster Screen. Got to work out that second cornerback. But overall, I mean, they pressured the quarterback, had some clutch turnovers. I, you know, I think I think it was a solid game. Also, too, Justin Gilbert, I hope he's doing all right. He took a really nasty hit. Concussion, but that being separate from that play, he fucked up so bad that play. That guy caught that ball first off, and then he got busted for pass interference. After nine weeks of being... What's that? What? I was uh, autoplay ESPN. Sorry. Oh. Crossover. Edit point. Just bought and eating all your gobstoppers. gobstoppers. The Browns have once again proven themselves ineffective against the run. Uh, 113 yards given up, 26 carries, 4.3 per. Bobby Rainey. Bobby Rainey. Bobby Rainey. Uh, Mike Evans, of course, taking Buster's green uh, to school, eating his lunch all day long. That dude is good. Seven catches, 124 yards. In Buster's defense, that guy's much bigger, stronger, taller, faster, and better than him. (laughs) And Buster's green is a bad combination. And Joe Hayden finally starting to play up to uh, what you expect. Why wasn't Joe Hayden? I mean, I know Vincent Jackson's pretty good too, but he's also a little bit older. Like, is that? I mean, I guess they would have just thrown for that many yards at Vincent Jackson if you had put Buster Screen on him. Yeah, I, th- I definitely think he was covering. I think he'd switch back and forth sometimes because I think that tip ball was thrown to Evans. Yeah. Tip ball. Tip ball. Tip ball. Uh, so playoffs, guys. Playoffs. You hear Jim Mora back there. He's there. Playoffs? Uh, no, really. According to the sports show after show Browns guys, 60% of 5-3 and three teams make the playoffs. Yeah, I heard that too. That's pretty crazy. And, Ian, I don't know if you have it up. I could try to pull it up. If not, the other teams that are 5-3. and three. Kansas City, Buffalo, Miami, San Diego, Baltimore stand at five and four. All right, so let's let's go through that really fast. Like, do you think the Browns? I think the Browns are better than the Bills. Yes, yeah. and as of right now, as it stands, Cleveland uh, is would be the seventh team in the AFC, losing a tiebreaker to Kansas City based on uh, win percentage in conference games. We're on the edge of the playoffs, literally. Playoffs. Playoffs. <laughs> Cleveland better than Buffalo. Well, who's next? Who else is five and three? Miami. We probably aren't better than them. They're really good right now. Fuck them. Yeah, I mean, I think they could they can misfire. They've shown they're capable of crashing and burning before. So, and I, well, I mean, I, I'm gonna show my own ignorance here. I mean, say like. I don't know. Like, can three teams from the same division go? Yeah. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Really? Yeah, both wild cards could be from the same division. Okay. Division winners will go, but then the other two could be from the same division. And this happened. Yeah. What uh, we need here is an eight-team playoff. <laughs> we want to do that. Well, that would that would help the Browns, I think. It sure would. We call it the Browns. <laughs> <laughs> um. No, like, I think a few years, I think last year it almost was three teams from the NFC West because the Cardinals almost got in, too. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think the Browns are better than the Chiefs, too. Possibly. I mean, I here's the thing, like, I think, what was our best game this season? Probably beating the Steelers, right? That was the yeah, most together good. performance. I think you missed uh, beating the shit out of the Steelers. Yeah, like we we did a really good job that game, but we haven't shown that since. And I think like last week or a couple weeks ago, Miami beat the Chargers thirty-seven zip. Yeah, it was last and Sunday, I think. Yeah, Sunday. And we've also seen the Chiefs kick the shit out of the Patriots, forty-two fourteen or something one game. So I mean I don't know. It's it's kind of just a 
I think it's who's weak it is. You know what I mean? Like I think that's just kind of the way the NFL works. Because just a little another reminder: the Steelers are the reason the Bucks have a win this year, so they can eat our butts once again. Always. Here's then the good segue and the other thing I want to talk about before the break, which is I am of the belief that this game coming up, that it probably actually might have already happened by the time this episode goes up because of the short week, Thursday night versus the Bengals, I think might be the biggest Browns game since a couple, you know, six years ago, seven years ago, when they had that game at the end of the year where they were trying to get into the playoffs and didn't get in. Mm-hmm. This game's huge, and I think if they win in Cincinnati, as hard as that might be to do, they prove a little bit of something. We get one of those wins. Get a win, and especially within the division. Which, which is huge. Yeah, I agree. It's certainly a big game. You know, I I don't want to write off the season if they don't pull it out either, you know, because I think the Browns kind of haven't really done what I've expected at all this season, you know? Uh-huh. So, I mean, at, at that point, I just don't know uh, who we're, you know, who we're going to see exactly on Thursday. That is true. And I'm hoping it's the good Browns. Agreed. Yeah. Here, here. Uh, Ian, Chris, I mean, do you, I don't remember a game recently that's been bigger than this one, especially this late in the season. Yeah, and I think what makes it even more important is that there are three definitely winnable games after that. You've got Houston, who are not very good. Atlanta, who isn't good. And then Buffalo. Yeah, Gordon comes back for the uh, for the Atlanta game. Yeah. Then uh, Buffalo after that, before Indianapolis comes to Cleveland December 7th. Which, again, you know, is all about momentum, or even like what Brian said, they could lose this game, go 5-4. and four. It would hurt him in the division, I think, more than it hurts them as a loss, just because yeah. they've lost to each of the Steelers and Ravens already. Uh, yeah. But... You know, they could still go 8-4 and four if they win those games. In the next, you know, that Texans game, which is probably the hardest one out of those few, also comes after, like, a 10-day bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The other problem I'm seeing looking at the schedule now is the back half of the season, there are five road games where Cleveland has not performed especially well against yeah. home games. Much better at home than on the road this year. Winning it for us. Mm-hmm. The Telegram commercial. Cleveland, we're going to huddle up. My <laughs> LeBron impression, everybody. Well done. There you go. We'd love to have you on the show, King James. So, we're going to put a little barbecue sauce on it <laughs> and take a break here. I don't even know what this break We have a broken bandwagon, darker linings, any of that stuff this week? I got nothing. I think I'm just going to break you off a little bandwagon in the just straight-up G-Little talk we're about to have. Okay, we'll save that for later then. So let's just take it on a break here. Um, it'll be something good. You're listening to 6 Bs and a P, AquabearLegion.com. All guests via the Pierogi Mountain Hot Take Fresh line.
All right, we're back. Yeah. Six Bs and a P here on AquamarineLegion.com, your one source for force. Find us on Twitter at 6B1P. That's the number six, letter B, number one, letter P. On Facebook by searching Six Bs and a P. We are on iTunes and Stitcher and, you know, AquamarineLegion.com. Boo! I'm here joined by always. <laughs> That's not even a <laughs> Brian Weeby. Hey. Ian Wolf. Hey. Chris Poland. Hey. I'm your host, Brian Costco. All guests on Six Bs and a P via the Pierogi Mountain Fresh Take Fresh Line. Hot fucks. <laughs> You can get Pierogi Mountain up in Columbus, Ohio at Wylands or Cafe Bourbon Street for carry out there. They also do Pierogi Night Tuesdays, 75 cents. Pierogi Mountain showing up at my house tomorrow night and bringing you some pierogi. I'm going to come down with him. Do it, dude. Um, I probably can't. (laughs) We're going to queue it up. It's time for the Tweet of the Week. Ian. It's the Tweet of the Week. We have a couple of them this week. First one is an informational one. We have all types of tweets this week. Informational, this is from Jeff Schudel at JS Browns Insider. He's a reporter on the Browns Insider there. It's a quote from Ray Farmer during his press conference today. Farmer says, Hoyer's contract expires at the end of the season. Johnny's doesn't. We'll see what happens between now and then. Hashtag Browns. Browns. Interesting uh, comments there from Ray Farmer. The next one's a funny tweet of the week. I guess that was the third one, but it's from our man, T. West. Twest. Twest. Is that his nickname? Twest. It is now. I know they call Crowell the Crow, and people, like, Photoshop him on, like, the Crow movie posters. (laughs) 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 Terrence West. He's at Terrence West underscore 28. Earlier today on Tuesday said, "Watching Love and Basketball, my favorite movie." I don't know that movie. I'm not sure I do too. Weeby, it's it's about love and basketball. <laughs> Plot synopsis. You ready? Yes. Young man, inner city youth, falls in love with his basketball. <laughs> <laughs> love that movie. And our final tweet of the week is from one of my favorite Twitter accounts, Fake Jimmy Haslam. Do you guys ever read his stuff? It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. At Fake Haslam. He says, last Monday Night Football, it was Whedon versus McCoy. Tonight, it's Richardson versus Hillis. Tune in next week for Reggie Hodges versus Chris Kardaki. <laughs> Those are your tweets of the weeks. Tweets, tweets, tweets. Tweet, 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 tweet. So uh, we're going to try. <laughs> I'm hoping for next episode to maybe get some of our new theme music in. At some point, me and Todd did some music. But Sherry and I were also talking about doing, like, spots, recording spots, so that it's like, Six bees and a bee. <laughs> Aqua Bear Legion. <laughs> right. Stuff like that, you know? You're listening to Six B One B. I think you just recorded your first one. There you go. Got to do them all live. Got to keep all the character. We <laughs> talked earlier about how this Thursday's game, short week in Cincinnati against the Bengals, who are five two and one. Is that right? Yes, sir. They are in first place in the AFC North. The Browns. Five and three, only a half game behind them. Also, yes, sir. Mm. Steelers in the mix there too at five and three, and the Ravens are five and four. Yes. All right. Uh, so big game in the division, big game in the AFC standings, and just w- when they need to get wins right now. And on top of that, before we start talking about the game and what you guys think is going to happen, I want to talk about our man, straight up G Little. Do it. Old frying pan hands. Yeah. Greg Little. No, that was Edwards. Yeah, he's junior. Yeah. Little frying pan hands. Greg Little, 
for those who don't remember him, was a terrible Browns wide receiver. They drafted him in the second round. He's from North Carolina. And they finally cut him at the beginning of this year. And I'd say the wide receivers are much better than he was currently. <laughs> and he eventually he went to camp with the Raiders. Like He played with them in preseason. They cut him. He and got cut by the Raiders. Cut by the Raiders. They haven't won a game this year. All right? Then he ended up playing for the Bengals like a few weeks ago because obviously they lost A.J. Green and a couple other people. So Greg Little's playing for the Bengals, and he starts running his mouth this week. Gotcha. So Little basically says that the showdown with the Browns was personal and that's, quote, somebody has to pay. He says Petten didn't talk to his players, they didn't get along, and Ray Farmer is behind his ouster, and he basically said, like, that he's going to beat the Browns and personal and whatever else. I would hope the GM would be behind getting rid of players who fucking suck at football. <laughs> there you go. I agree. Yeah, and he said that, you know, he said he'd pass uh, Petten in the hallway and not talk to him and things like that. And, A, first off, what's Petten supposed to say? Like, hey, little... Uh, Good to see you. Hope I don't see you much longer because you suck at football. Right. <laughs> and then, like, he, I imagine, like, he's passing Greg Little and not making eye contact with him and being really rude. But then, like, Taylor Gabriel walks by, like, Mike Petten just gives him, like, nap, and they do, like, a... <laughs> he's like, Tay Tay. They have, like, a five-minute choreographed handshake. Yeah. Then Travis Benjamin just starts doing, like, front flips through him. Um... Ray Farmer also saying he's not on the Josh Cribbs boat, which I thought was a great phrase. Somebody <laughs> said they should sign Josh Cribbs. He said, I'm not on that boat. <laughs> but seriously, Greg Little, come on, man. I'll say this, too. Like, I've read I read the Ray Farmer press conference and, you know, what Patton had to say about it. And they both responded, you know, very even and intelligently. And I think that's maybe a sign that the Browns are, are learning what it's like to be winners. Culture has changed. Let shit roll off, and Greg Little's nothing. Nothing, and I can. I feel pretty confident that he is not going to have a good game. <laughs> what makes you say that? The fact that he's <laughs> awful. You know, in the locker room, though, that that shit's up on the board. Oh yeah. There's like somebody's going to put a licking on that boy. Yeah, I hope uh, Dante Whitner steps off his uh, read a couple times and bashes him in the butt. <laughs> Give him the hit. I'm uh, hoping for a Buster Screen redemption story. Yeah, where he cool. fucking rips Greg Little in half. Yeah, and he's like, I never liked you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this brings up another interesting point that I want to get in. Well, no, you know, let's talk about the game first. So, so Browns, Bengals... Huge game. What are you guys thinking going into Thursday? How are you feeling? Uh, scared, honestly. Yeah. Like, this, this team has been, I mean, despite winning two of the last three, I think they're trending downward. Right. And the Bengals, the Bengals are a good football team, even with Andy Dalton. Mm. You know, Andy, I, love to have you on the show. I think uh, I agree that I'm scared for sure, but I will say this. I thought on paper at the beginning of the season the Bengals had one of the best rosters, and they seem like they're not really hitting that, you know? Like they had trouble against the Jaguars or record, you know, I just... Whereas the Browns, it's the complete opposite, where it's like, damn it, we lost Josh Gordon, and we've got some good players, but I don't know who, like, half these guys are because we didn't even draft them. Mm -hmm. And look at how they've been playing. So I don't know. I mean, I think... Uh, it's it's just interesting to me that it's a game where the you know paper tells two different stories and yet they have remarkably similar records. Well, you worry in that maybe the the Browns are starting to play down to what you might have expected, and the Bengals are going to start to play up to what you expected. Right, and it'll be sixteen. Well, yeah. yeah, I say I was scared. Six hundred to nothing, Chris. Six hundred to nothing. I certainly hope not. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, you know, I am I'm I'm not confident, uh, but I am ex you know also excited to watch it. Uh, it's gonna be a big one. I'm pretty pumped to watch it. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals are ninth in the NFL in offensive rushing yards. That's a little scary mm -hmm. because the Browns are just not a good rush defense team. Yeah. 
That's not good. They are also 31st in uh, rushing yards allowed, but 32nd was the Buccaneers, and we saw how that went. <laughs> Didn't work too well. No. So it's uh, Bengals defense, just looking at their stats, I haven't watched them all this year, looks like they kind of suck. They're supposed to be good, but I know they had some injuries and they haven't been playing up to snuff. I think Ray Maluga's out for this game. No, Giovanni Bernard most likely is. Yeah, but that dude, their running back, ran for a bunch last week. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, I hope they win. It's a huge game. If they lose, it's not the end of the world. I'm sure you're going to hear way more naysayers about Hoyer and Manziel and all that. Though. Didn't? I mean, wasn't one of Hoyer's wins last season against them? Yeah, <laughs> totally. So there Was you go. I think they're in Cincinnati. Who cares? Fuck them. That was in Cleveland. <laughs> because I saw the game in Cincinnati and it was a brutalizer. <laughs> well, we hope it turned that. out good. We were up like 14 zip and then we lost like 42 to 14. Mm-hmm. Maybe a juggalo tornado descends on Andy Dalton's house. Juggalo <laughs> tornado. Woo, woo. <laughs> Brian, do you have a broken bandwagon, a Greg Little-related broken bandwagon? No, I was just joining in on the shit-talking. That's all That's all my broken bandwagon could have been is everything we just said. So There you go. But a Greg Little can suck a big one and eat a butt. Yeah, he is going to eat some butts. Unless it's Buster Screen covering him, he's probably going to get 145 yards and three touchdowns. Anything else you guys want to add going in? End of the episode next week? Uh, you want to talk about former Browns players? Oh, we did. Yeah, I did want to bring that up because I thought this was an interesting thing related to the Greg Little thing. And I talked about it before we started the show. That Browns players like go other places and they normally aren't very good. And I was wondering whether that's sad or makes me feel better about the choices the Browns make in getting rid of them. You know, I mean, like Braylon Edwards, Kellen Winslow, Brady Quinn. I mean, Richardson. A, lot of, a lot of these guys weren't very good when they were with Cleveland either. Right. Yeah, but then I think you're saying that, like, you know, you can't blame, like, there's a tendency to be like, oh, the Browns are just a losing culture and blah, blah, blah. So these people were made losers by their forced association early in their careers with the Browns. Mm-hmm. And I think... I've heard people say that. Yeah, and like, I think it's... Maybe in some instances that is true, especially like rushing quarterbacks in too soon that aren't ready. Mm. But Greg Little had a chance. I mean, the guy had had like 40, 50 catches a season for the past three seasons. But he sucks. Like, statistically, he has the worst drop percentage of any football player in that time period. He needs to earn his time. So he's terrible. You know, and I think that's part of the thing, too. Like, he's a guy, you know, he's like, oh, he's got the body, maybe he can put it together, and he just can't. You know, that happens. And unfortunately, some of the Browns' choices and picks have been those people. It's just like my life. I've got the body, I just can't put it together. (laughs) Yeah, he's often described as great body. Well, I think that's all I got for this week. You guys have been great. It was super awesome, beyond all words, to hang out with you dudes on my birthday and go to the Browns game. Shout out as well to old Dave Silverlining's Obenauer, um, who I did want to just bring up when he kept waking up and remoderating games of <laughs> that he was not playing in because he was asleep. Seniors, open your eyes. Dave... Great. Uh, Sherry, Haley, Michelle is awesome. Randy, got to love when Randy's around. And uh, it was super fun going to the game. We he ended up being the Dr. Dre lyric of the weekend, bringing the poke chops. Randy, uh, Randy cooking pork chops in for beach house. <laughs> and that win Saturday night, holy shit. Yeah, Lake Erie gets mad, dude. So, so Browns are winning. Why are you so angry? Browns. 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 At 6B1P. You can find Browns. us on Facebook by searching 6Bs in the P. We are, as always, are on AquabareLegion.com. Your one source for force. I want to thank all of my co-hosts. 
and everybody out there in 6P1P land. All guests via the Proby Mountain Press Take, Press Take Buck Line. And go Browns! Go Browns! Browns, 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 Browns,